Beyond Radley. Business, careers, and more. Virtual talks by experts from our community. Hello, and welcome to our latest Beyond Radley talk, where we share thought-provoking perspectives from the Radley community. This time, we're focusing on a significant topic that's reshaping the landscape of education and employment, degree apprenticeships. Degree apprenticeships are a fusion of academic learning and real-world work experience and create an exciting avenue for those who want to earn a university degree while also getting some hands-on experience in their chosen career. Now, today on our virtual podium, we're lucky enough to have Old Radleyan, George Hanlon, who has just started his degree apprenticeship with UBS, focusing on global wealth management. George only left this year and went through the process of applying for his apprenticeship at Radley, so he has very recent experience of the process. And he's going to talk us through things like finding the right course, the application and interview process, and will also provide his top tips for success at the end. Right, that's enough from me. Hi, George. How are you? Thanks for joining us today. Caroline, hi. Thank you very much for having me. Um... That's great. I know you're going to take us through a, a presentation after this, um, one that you actually did to the boys at Radley. Um, but uh, I wanted to just start by asking you how it's actually going, because you're about two months into your apprenticeship. So how are you finding it? Yeah, two months in, uh, it's very different. Uh, coming straight from school, having what is a relatively short summer uh, and straight into the workplace, Stephanie's a big change. Um, but overall, it's been super positive, really enjoyed it, um, learning a lot, uh, a lot more than I thought. Um, and I find I'm picking up a lot on the job day to day. Um, but no, really enjoying it, really starting to hit my stride now, getting used to the sort of working week and working life. Um, coming out of the transition from like uh, out of school and into work and now starting to really find it really starting to become my thing. Okay, that's brilliant. That's really good news. Um, right, so I'm going to share the screen with the presentation on. Great. And um, you can walk through that. If you just say next slide when you want me to move to the next slide. Um, okay. We'll keep the pace going that way. Fantastic. So, um, over to you. Cool. So thank you. Uh, so yeah, degree apprenticeships. Um, so I gave this presentation, must have been summer term. Um, and obviously since then, I've learned a lot. Uh, and I've got a very, I feel like I have a much better understanding of degree apprenticeships uh, and how the sort of structure works. So uh, let, let, let's kick off with the first slide. Uh, so, right, I'll answer these questions first. Uh, so what is a degree apprenticeship? Well, um basically it pretty much what it says on the tin you are doing an apprenticeship and those come in many different forms but what's significant about this type of apprenticeship is that it's a degree at the same time so that means uh you work with your employer and with your they call it your education provider so in my case it's the university of exeter uh to gain your degree uh after a set period so for me it's four years um and i do professional qualifications such as my cisi which is a introductions to securities and investments and my CFA, so your Chartered Financial Analyst. And those two qualifications constitute enough university credits to constitute a degree. So I get those two qualifications and my degree from Exeter in Applied Finance, uh, which is a Bachelor of Science, and I get my employment here at UBS. Uh, finding the right course for you. So they come in many different shapes and sizes um, and different forms. So I, I, I'm at a finance-focused degree apprenticeship working at a bank, um, and other banks do very similar uh, programs. Um, I mean, many of my colleagues at Exeter are at different banks and we're on the same course. So 
just to give you an example, Bank of America. Um, I've got friends who are doing the exact same course as me with Exeter, but they're at Bank of America uh, just down the street. So it's very similar in that respect. Um, but you also have things like design. Um, so I know someone in my year went and did a one at Dyson. I'm not too sure how that one works, but I'm sure it's very similar uh, in the sort of structure. Uh, and you can have them in all kinds of different professions. And really, the list is endless. And the only way you're going to find it is by searching for it. Um, so if you've got an interest in a field or a, a, any any sort of uh, type of business, um, then there's probably an apprenticeship out there for you. Can I just ask you a question? What was it yeah, that, made you, that made you personally realise that you would want to do a degree apprenticeship rather yeah. than going on to university? Definitely, definitely a big factor. Uh, good question. Um, so for me, it was I starting, I think I started to really focus on degree apprenticeships coming out of 6-1, start of 6-2. And I started to realise that maybe university wasn't for me. Um, my biggest thing is uh, I quite enjoy being busy. I quite enjoy working for something um, and having sort of a I'm very project-led. And I just thought at university, I'd feel quite unfulfilled and quite bored almost. So for me, I started looking at alternatives. I knew I wanted a degree. I thought that was important, especially employability later down the line. So that, that sort of led me to degree apprenticeships where I realized I could do both at the same time. And it also gave me a huge step up um, against people in a few years time coming out of university who'd want to work in finance. I mean, just as an example, I mean, I applied for to do history of art at university. I knew I wanted to work in finance, but I didn't have much of an interest in actually studying it, um, which might not make a whole lot of sense, but um, and it didn't really make much sense to me at the time anyway. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely knew by doing this, I would have a leg up on people who were coming out of university four years down the line, looking for an entry level role in finance where I'm already four years into my career. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. That's all right. So... Having a good application, that's certainly one of the more important parts, which we'll cover a bit later, and I'll go into more depth. Uh, my experience, so uh, I think I'll come into that a bit later, but um, everybody has a very, will have a very personal experience applying for degree apprenticeships. It's not a given if you apply. Um, you can. I know people who have applied to tens and haven't got one. So that's not to uh, dishearten you or, or make it seem seem like a big task, because it's, it's not, it's very much doable. Um, but it, it isn't applying for a job. I mean, and applying for a job is never a guarantee. And some top tips, which we'll get onto at the end. Great. So I think we should, uh, so what are degree apprenticeships? So we'll go to the next slide. Um, so you've got a few different types. So they start at level two and go off to the level six. Now, the way mine is split up, and this is something I didn't know until I joined UBS, is my degree apprenticeship is it's split basically into two. Um, but advertised as one. So I am currently doing a level four apprenticeship, which is higher. So it does not contain a degree, but um, it allows me to get my CISI, um, which is a industry qualification, um, which then allows me to work in a client facing role at the bank. And that is somewhere that is across the financial um, sector. So after that, in about a year and a half time, um, I will be then moving on to my level six, which I do my CFA. And then in, in combination with the level four, that can then constitute a degree. So during the level six, I'll do my CFA. I'll do more university work. 
and then that will lead onto my degree at the end of it after the four-year period. Is that a sort of typical time frame? Do most programmes last? Yeah, it, it really depends. So, um, I mean, at UBS in Wealth Management, they've run an apprenticeship programme for quite some time. Uh, it's only recently become a degree apprenticeship. I think it used to be level four, and that was two years in length. So, for example, my line manager, uh, she herself was an apprentice about six, seven years ago, uh, doing her level four apprenticeship and still works at the bank. So it really varies. Um, a lot of apprenticeships aren't degree apprenticeships. And it doesn't mean they're any worse in any way. It's just a different program. Um, and you'll get different things out of it. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it really varies. And so mine is basically two combined. Great. So let's get into the nitty gritty of degree apprenticeships. So they're first introduced in 2015. Um, and they are, they're, they're, so obviously they're pretty new. Um, what's that? Eight years, nearly nine. Um, so what does that mean? It basically means that they're still quite, I mean, they're new. Everything is teething issues. So you'll find that the program's continuously going to evolve. You can be pretty certain that once you join, it's not like um, it, it will change over your four years. It, you're, you're locked in. Um, so it, you've got that sort of security. But for example, the program, I think four years ago at UBS, is wildly different today uh, in a good way. It's much more structured. Um, the training that you get at UBS as an employer is much more tailored. Um, it's not just sort of they throw paint against the wall and see what sticks. It's really very methodical and thought out. So that means that, for example, I'm currently still starting. It's not like here's five tasks you need to do. Best of luck. It's we're going to start you off in this first task, teach you how to do it, spend a bit more time perfecting that, then move on and then move on. So it's um it's getting it's much better than what it was and it will only get better um right now it's in a very good point and i think that's across all degree apprenticeships they're all becoming much more structured um and much more you get a lot more out of them than what you would have four years ago that's for sure aside from the qualifications um you get a lot more experience a lot more learning and your knowledge will be inevitably better how many have you got on your program doing so so UBS offers two courses. So they offer the uh, the the tech, the um, chief technology office. They 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 have about fourteen, and then you do a degree again with Exeter, but it's a different degree. It's in data science, I think, data management science. I'm not completely sure, but um, that in itself is its own program. And then on ours, we have about twenty, twenty five um across the bank in so we have asset management i'm in wealth management there's four of us um then you get to the investment bank you have uh the global markets division so that's like the, your trading floor um and then you have operations um like hr um so they're, they're, they're across across the bank do you know how many went for, for the roles what the competition was like no uh, we've all asked <laughs> multiple times and they won't tell us so uh no idea i, I hear they are very competitive though yeah yeah no they're definitely they're definitely competitive but it is if you're prepared because a lot of people apply you've got to remember that uh, especially i found in six twos it's very easy not to put so much thought into these things um and it's easy for a lot of people i think just apply on a whim without really dedicating much time to it and just do it because whatever um so i'd imagine the amount of candidates which are actually serious about it and really putting time and effort in perfecting their application is um it's a considerable number but it's a 
it's not not as daunting as one might imagine. Cool. So we'll move on to the next salary. Uh, sorry, um, the next page. Great. Oh yeah. So here's just an example of the many different types um, that you can find in. I think I found this on. Uh, I think it's called Apprentice for You, the website. Um, but this was just an idea of how many different there are. So gives you an idea of the scope um, of the different types of industries you can get involved in. Finding the right course for you. Um, so there are, oh, here we go. Rate my apprenticeship. That was it. So uh, there are a few different ones. So there's UCAS, obviously, which you'll all be aware of um, if you're in 6.1 and 6.2 uh, for universities. But they offer, they're, now starting to advertise them more and more on there there's then rate my apprenticeships uh which is not a central hub for applying like it would be for university it's just a way that they're listed um and then finally you have prospects which is like a job search um for any sort of role and sometimes they're listed on there but my biggest advice would be is don't stick to what it just tells you so for example bank of america um because ubs didn't fill over all of its places um when they were uh, when they took people on for the apprenticeship, they then sold off some of their extra places to other banks. Um, and then so I think Bank of America literally opened their application for a week and then closed it again once they had enough applicants. And it was, they definitely were not listed on any of those. So for me, it was quite literally searching up biggest banks in the UK. So it gave me a list of say 15 and then going to each one typing in degree apprenticeship and seeing if they had one so mm. it's it, i wouldn't rely on the just these are great they're really good for finding uh reviews of the apprenticeships and how people find them but um you want to do your own research you don't want to just rely on these cool move on to the next slide so yeah so here's an example of how many i applied for uh i think this is it um if we move on to the next slide oh no I don't think it is. No, sorry. Uh, I think this was, this is a, just an example of, you know, searching it up and finding uh, what you can find. So the tricky part is finding the right course for you. So you want to make sure it's suited to what you're looking for. And that I think one of the hardest parts is because it's only eight years old, degree apprenticeships, there's probably, I think, extra, they said they've had about six, 700 people go through the course. Compare that to how many people have been through even one course at one university, that number is dwarfed. Um, so and not a lot of people have done degree apprenticeships. And so you'll find that it's very difficult to find out what it's like um, and what the details and uh, that's the tricky part. So and my best advice to somebody who is really interested is go out and find somebody who's actually done it and talk to them because that's the best way you're going to find out what you actually do, how it works, what it's like when you're there. Um, you're never going to get that online for the time being. Um, that'll probably be a few years down the line when they really start to become more popular. Um, yeah, I know that's great advice. I have yeah. actually got a question um, here. Sure. That, um, one of the boys asked me to, to share with you. Um, can you pick the degree that you'll be studying uh, or is it chosen for you by the company? So... The well, the answer is no. Um, so the way it works is, uh, so apprenticeships are sponsored by the government. So just in for my case, UBS employed me. Um, and then by employing me as an apprentice, the government will pay to send me to Exeter um, to study my degree. So when I say send, I mean, be part of the Exeter sort of pipeline. 
Um, so Exeter and UBS have a, have a special relationship uh, where they provide the education and UBS is the workplace. Um, now, so for me, I do an applied finance degree. That's what it's called. Um, and that is basically the the option there. Uh, now, obviously, if you want to study a different degree, you go to a different company. So it's directly linked with the company. Um, and the way it works for an apprenticeship is it's all about learning skills while you're on the job and learning the content. So you'll find that interlinked completely. So for example, I think next week I have a meeting with my education mentor from Exeter. Um, and then with that, my workplace mentor, who is my line manager, where we're going to talk about the skills that I've learned at UBS and how I can write that up in my apprenticeship. Um, so that's so they're completely interlinked. When you apply for the job, you're also applying for the degree. And so, for example, when I applied for the job, my application went through UBS on their sort of system. And obviously it was looked at by UBS. But what I didn't realize it's actually also looked at by Exeter. So they also deemed me a suitable candidate to actually study the course. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, don't let that change how, how you look and think, oh, maybe I won't get into that because of that. I think it's a very small part of the um, application. Um, in fact, I think it's completely tiny. But um, I mean, I did history of art, geography and drama, but they still deemed me suitable to study economics. So by no means let that change how you may think about the application um but yeah i i think mm -hmm. i've answered your question definitely whatever. that's great thank you yeah um so yeah so i know that at radley um at my time it's definitely becoming more uh of a field um and becoming more popular but uh and i know there's more help that will be on the way so just to give you the example when you do your UCAS and those who have done it will know that you're almost, your hand is held through the entire thing. Um, it's very difficult to make, I mean, it's impossible to make a mistake. I mean, I and people at Radley are so lucky to have a great admissions, to, um, not admissions, sorry, the university department, uh, I mean, um, university admissions um, are so brilliant. Um, they check your UCAS. They, I mean, they even check your punctuation and spelling and grammar in your personal statement. I don't think many schools would do that. Um, and they will. And when you finally click send, it actually just sends it to the university office, where they then check it before they send it to the actual universities. Now, obviously, that's because it's all on a central system on UCAS, which they have control over. But for a degree apprenticeship you're applying on the company's website. So you don't have that same barrier, that same safety net, which you would if you were just applying for university. So I think that's something that they're starting to push more, which is great. Um, but it's something to keep in mind that you won't have that same level of support. You're a bit more independent when you apply for the degree apprenticeships. Having a good application. So uh, work experience is super key. Um, now, I, sa I said this a few months ago. Uh, now, I think... Uh, I would say the same still, but I now know it's not the be all and end all. So I know people who are on the same course as me in my cohort who have very little to no work experience. Now, I thought when I applied that it was very important, but I, I've learned that it, it still is very important. And if you've got it, that's good. Don't think, you know, it's not as important. Don't do it. You absolutely do need it. Um, but it's not the be all and end all. And I think having now done the process and now here they really look for the individual and the character 
because at the end of the day, think about it. After four years, everybody comes out with the same qualifications, similar experiences. Obviously, nobody has the same, but similar level of education. So you're then basically across the board, you've reached this level of education where they can give you a degree. So work experience obviously helps. Things like your market knowledge, your knowledge in a very specific field of finance or be it any industry you're interested in, but it's not the absolute key. So maybe you know a lot about a very specific area of your industry, but by the end, everybody will know that very specific area. So it definitely helps with the application, but it's not the be all and end all. The real part is your your character and who you are as a person which is really what they're looking for in the interview obviously work experience can really help you get that across um the more you have to talk about the more sort of variety of things you have to talk about the better and you will only get that through work experience but um it's definitely not as important as i once thought it was uh but did you, did you get some work experience yourself when shadowing yeah so i i had um a few different different things which i had before um, at various different firms and that definitely helped me and it meant that when it came to my interview and they asked for say a time I demonstrated a certain skill or trait I had a varied response so mm-hmm. I could talk about one example and then for the next thing I could talk about a different example and a different work experience and that is really just showing breadth and passion mm-hmm. which is again what they're looking for and with your confidence as well yeah confidence in your character mm-hmm. um but then they want to see passion in your field. And what's the best way to show that is doing work experience. And that shows that you're devouting time. You know, often the harsh truth is that it's unpaid and they pay you in experience, um, which then again, just shows passion that you're willing to learn and willing to get really stuck in. And so, so yeah, we'll move on to the next slide. Ask for advice. So uh, I did this at school. I do this now and I'll do this for the next, well, probably forever is that Remember, you're not the smartest person in the room, which is easy to do when you're a Radleyan. Um, you are still at school. And so you're not expected to know pretty much anything um, when it comes to industry. Obviously, A-levels, you're expected to know something. But um, so I asked for so much help and from so many different people. And still today, now in my role, I ask multiple questions every hour. I mean, hundreds of questions over a week and that's because everybody knows that you know you don't know much and asking is is good people love to talk about themselves they love to talk give help and so you should make use of that and use your position as someone young and still at school and use that to your advantage because if you email someone nicely and go about it the right way asking for just a coffee chat or just a quick call they're going to find it really hard to say no. So my advice would be, well, ask for advice. Yeah. Uh, and the more you can do that, the more sort of a, a rounded knowledge you're going to have. And I find that when you have multiple different opinions, it's so much easier to go into a task and make an informed decision than it is if you only have one person's opinion. Um, so yeah, I definitely say ask for advice as much as possible. Great. And network. So this is something which Radley really helps you with and it helped me. And without Radley's a uh, great network i definitely would have really struggled with the inter- uh, interviews with the whole process um and the more you can network i mean the, the more your name is out there the better for the right reasons that is um 
I mean, they even say it at the moment, you know, when I'm on the floor, it's to get out of my desk as much as possible and just go meet people, asking as many people for a chat, for a quick coffee, just getting to know people. And so people know your name later down the line in your career. At my point, that's only going to help me. And that's only going to help you at the moment. So use the Radleyan Society. Um, they're absolutely brilliant. Um, and they'll really help you uh, in every single way. Um, mm -hmm. And basically, the more you can network, the better. And so I really recommend going to networking events. I mean, that's where it's, you know, it does what it says on the tin, really. Um, mm -hmm. The whole point is to chat to people and build your network. And sort of beyond that, it's really great to have a LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is something I have at the moment and I've had for quite a while. And it's basically your public figure. Uh, when, somebody, when somebody hears your name in business, they'll probably Google you. And if your LinkedIn is the first thing that comes up, that's brilliant because they can then see all your merits, where you've worked, things you've worked on, uh, and they can see if you have anyone in common. So mm. LinkedIn yeah. is definitely a good way to network at the moment, especially when you're younger. Reaching out to people on LinkedIn is totally normal. Uh, it shouldn't feel weird um, and something I couldn't recommend enough. Yes, well, um, I remember, George, when you were here, you reached out to us to, to help you to find people to talk to who were yeah. various companies that you were going to interview at. So yeah. I think you used Radley Connect for that, which is our online platform, but you also attended our business networking events as well, yeah. and you followed up before and afterwards. So I think yeah. you had a real process around your networking, which I think really was um, the right way to go about it. Yeah, definitely. You used all the resources available. So yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, so just to give you an example, when I, um, when I was applying for in the application phases and I was sending off applications, I remember there was a Radley networking event. And before, I, I would say it was about a week before, I sat down for about two hours um, I scoured the guest list and I basically looked for anyone you can of value to me, anybody that could help me in some way and someone that I could get a bit of knowledge or um, help off. And then it was as simple as going onto LinkedIn, as I just mentioned, because that is the easiest way to find people um, professionally and sending them a message. Uh, and the message was pretty much, hi, I'm George. Uh, I'm a 6'2 in C-Social, currently applying for degree apprenticeships. Um, and I can't wait to meet you at the uh, the Radley Connect networking session. Um, it would be really great to chat. Sometimes you won't get a reply and that's normal. People are busy, people miss things, but sometimes you do get a reply and then you go, you introduce yourself and that's only going to, that's really going to help starting on the right foot. And all of a sudden they're going to think, okay, this guy's pretty switched on. He's already reaching out. He's obviously pretty pretty focused and keen, and that's really going to help. And so that may allowed me to make a good introduction from the first second, and then afterwards, once I've met them a few days later, sending that follow up. Um, so you're still they're still you're still in their mind. They're thinking, oh yeah, how can I help him? Uh, I mean, I I did that. I sent an initial message, met them, followed up, and then about a month later, I got sent through. Uh, it was like um. It was like a document uh, about UBS saying maybe this could be a value of you to you, something interesting to talk about in an interview. I, that sort of thing. I didn't ask for that, but because they obviously I made an impression and he remembered me, he then thought, yeah, this is something that could be useful to George. I'll, I'll send it to him. Um, so that's that's 
probably quite a good example of a successful network, yeah. uh, what it can do for you. So have your network work for you um, is what I'd say. And then here, yeah, here's LinkedIn. Um, that's what my uh, th thing looked at when I was at Radley. And it's it's just a, a good way to get, get yourself out there and have a good CV. Um, they're not expecting, you know, five pages and by no means ever have five pages. A CV should be one, two pages if you're really good um, and you're late in your career. So just one page. They're not expecting anything in depth. They're not expecting anything crazy. Um, but if it's well formatted, well laid out, um, it's well written, um, a CV using sort of action words. And there's a million different resources you can find in Radley and outside of Radley to help you write a CV. And I think, I'm not sure if they did this. I know they definitely did interview practice sessions, which were great. And I'd really recommend, uh, I think Mrs. Rhodes organized those and they really helped me. Um, mm. I only had one and it was 45 minutes and it was probably the most helpful thing I've had. Mm, that is definitely, um, yeah. yeah, no, they're excellent. And they're, they're, I know, I don't know if they still do them for everybody. Um, it's like a base thing, but going out your way to do another definitely helped because it could be tailored to exactly what I was looking for. Mm. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of CV session or there's definitely things you can find online. I mean, I know UBS, something which um, I was involved in a week ago, they actually run uh, CV sessions, CV masterclasses for people who are interested in applying. And I know loads of places do that. So Yeah, and of course the Radley Network's there. So if there are people yeah. in these roles who can advise on exactly. CV, then we can contact them through Radley Connect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I'll go through my personal experience of my degree apprenticeship. So these are the ones I applied for. Um, all, of, all of these were either... Uh, degree apprenticeships or just normal apprenticeships obviously I don't have credit suites on there but I wouldn't apply there anymore that is a thing of the past um, so uh, if you go to the next slide you'll see the ones that I, I got a I heard back from or had got through to the next stage um, so that's so they you don't get all of them but if you move on again these are the two I got offers from so I was very lucky I got two offers um, which is great but I was I wasn't even expecting two. I wasn't even expecting one. So it's pretty ruthless. It's not like UCAS where it's I'm not saying you'll always get a place at UCAS. And I know people who didn't get any places, but it, it it's 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 not so hard. Um it's it's not quite as difficult as UCAS, but it's definitely sorry, UCAS isn't quite as difficult, but this is this is quite hard. Uh, so I got two out of eleven, which is a pretty good, pretty good rate um by today's standards but you it would be difficult to even get that and i don't think i could get it again if i applied again i doubt i'd get it again i think the outcome would be completely different so there's definitely an element of luck why is that because you think it's getting more and more competitive each year or... yeah definitely i think it's getting more competitive i mean obviously the pool is different every year and what they're looking for um but also i think there is an element of luck and i think it's not a nice thing to say, but I think that's true with any application. And it really depends. I mean, a lot of it's quite personal. So the people who interviewed me are now my line managers. And so obviously part of their thought process is, you know, am I able to work every day and spend, you know, nine hours a day with this person um, on and offline? And that's definitely part of their thought process. So it's certainly a bit of luck um and that is just that's a common denominator across 
any application you're ever going to do. Cool. So this is the UBS sort of process I went through. Um, so obviously I did my application and I did my virtual assessment day. So that was, uh, it's, those are often UBS doesn't host them. It's, they contract it out to another company um, who specializes in this. And it's often things like you're doing simulations uh, and it's all online. And it will be like um, Stephanie is working on a team and someone sends her the wrong file what would you do if you were Stephanie? And then it works through, normally it's multiple choice. Um, and you'd say, well, would I report it? Would I send it back? Would I forward it on? And then you select the right one and then obviously you go through. So that's that's a, a pretty easy thing. And then eventually it will start to get onto like video uh, where you're explaining yourself and those are then reviewed. And so the virtual assessment days there, they, they normally take about an hour. Um, and then normally... For most banks, they're on demand, so you'll get sent it and you can do it whenever you want within, I think it's normally a week, two weeks. Um, but some, I know JP Morgan, which I never heard back from, they do an in-person assessment day where you'd go on one, one of the two days to an assessment center and you would do things like team building tasks. You would do, I think, psychometric testing. Um, it's it's quite rigorous, but I think those are starting to become a thing of the past. So I wouldn't worry too much about those. Uh, and then, then you get onto the virtual interview, which is something which is quite new and something I wish I'd practiced before. And there's a very easy way to practice, which I'll get on in a minute. And it's basically, it was a website uh, and you get given a question. Uh, so what would your friend say about you? It gives you a minute to prepare and then it just has recording for two minutes and you talk to yourself, to your computer screen for two minutes straight. And you feel like such an idiot. Um, it's terrible because <laughs> I mean, part of it is the, uh, I mean, I think the psychology of an interview is so interesting because a lot of it is the sort of human response you get back from the person across the desk and how they nod and, and mm -hmm. respond to what you're saying. You don't have any of that. And so, Talking for two minutes is actually quite difficult uh, when you have no sort of aid. So you got no presentation or you have no nothing to talk on. Um, and it, it's definitely quite difficult. And what my advice, my key points to take away from that would be is, so when I was doing the virtual interviews, I created a bank of questions. Um, I it literally took me a whole afternoon when I sat down, thought of every single interview question, went on every single list online and just wrote the answers. So when it came to the virtual interview, I'd get the question, I'd find the question on my big bank of questions and then basically just say off the exact answer. Uh, and I tailored that to UBS. So if I got a question like, why would I want to work at UBS? I'd then go through, I'd say, well, I want to work at UBS. It's a multinational corporation in, I don't know how many countries, I think it's 63. Um, so 63 different countries with 70,000 employees. So I'm giving those little facts, which they really like, because it shows you've researched and you, you put an effort for the interview. Um, so doing that would be great. And also the best way to practice is to quite literally sit in front of a wall and talk to yourself, um, try answer these questions. And you'll find it's really difficult, but you'll find the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I think the first one I did was pretty crap. Um, catastrophic and I definitely did not get the offer for that one um, but I think the last one I did which was UBS was definitely much better um, and I improved the more I did it which I think is true well it's true with everything but um, 
that's something I would really recommend is practicing that before you go into the virtual interview. Otherwise, I mean, I didn't practice. I thought, oh, this is going to be easy. I mean, what am I worried about? Uh, and I went in and apps, I, it was terrible. Uh, I wish I could watch it back because it was terrible. And you'll find it all, it will hit you like that. It is quite hard. Um, and then so you move on from that, you'll wait a few weeks. Um, and then you get your online interview. So they used to do it in person, then COVID, they got rid of those, obviously. Uh, and then they've, most places continue that because it's just, it's cheaper and it's easier for everybody. Uh, but that is basically sitting on a Zoom call like we are now, where they um, they ask you questions. And so for UBS, it was two, uh, uh, two interviews of an hour each, uh, competency and the technical. So the competency was at your skills and your traits and finding out who you are as a person. And then your technical is more about your market knowledge and stuff. Um, and for that, I really freaked out. I was like, oh my God, uh, I don't know anything um, about like anything too in depth. So I did so much research, which I did not need to do at all. So they're not expecting you to know very much. And that is something you, you can pretty much say in the interview. And I did say, they asked me a question, quite a technical question about debt. And I said, well, I've got no idea, but this is why I really want to do the apprenticeship because I really want to learn. Um, but this is sort of the idea I, I would have. So certainly in that respect, it's important to give an opinion. Um, and that's something they're looking for. Because if they have 20 interviews in a day, if you give an opinion, which they can then, you can talk more about, that's brilliant. Don't just give a sort of a description. Um, and yeah, I think that, and then you, you'll be fine. Um, so don't worry too much about a technical. They're not expecting you to know the ins and outs of the financial world. Um, but just have something to talk about, have an opinion to give, uh, and basically be confident. They're not expecting you to get it right. And if you got it all right, you're probably not the ideal candidate in that, that respect. So uh, be confident in what you're saying. And then finally, yeah, got the offer, uh, which is a really nice feeling, especially after all of that and you've worked so hard. It's great. Um, obviously, if you, you didn't get the offer, it's, it can be pretty crushing. And I, I, I did have that. Um, and it and it really sucks when you get that email saying thanks but no thanks um, but that's the sort of thing where you just have to be resilient and remember that it's only one company and there are many more out there and for me I applied for university I, I, I got all five offers and so if things really didn't work out I was going to take a gap year and try again in the next round and if it still didn't work out I was just going to go to university so I still had that backup it wasn't like it's a uh, this is it, this is do or die. But there was, um, it definitely sucks when you don't don't get an offer, but that is something which you just have to be resilient and carry on. Keep going. Actually, that yeah. segues nicely into one of my other questions that I have. Um, if you want to do an apprenticeship, can you take a gap year? Um, Absolutely. As well, you can. Yeah, yeah. So you can okay. take a gap year. You know, it's for school leavers, but school leavers includes gap year. I know people who have even started their first even second year of university and then dropped out, thought this still isn't for me and went into the degree apprenticeship. Um, somebody on our course, I think he's about 20. So he's two years ahead of me. Um, he took two gap years. Um, and yeah, it's, it's certainly, they're not expecting you to be straight out of school. You'll find the applications are quite clunky. Uh, so when you apply, it'll ask for things like your GPA, your major, uh, your university, things like that just have to put in the closest thing to it. So for university, Radley College, uh, GPA, 
I mean, for me, I put in my A-level results. So it's still not really designed for degree apprenticeships by that by that sense. Um, it's still de designed for grads. Um, but that's, you know, they, the people who are looking at applications, they know that. So uh, I wish somebody told me this. When, when I was applying, I got super fussed about, oh, what do I put as my, as my major? Uh, I just put my three A-levels in the end, and that was the right thing to put. So don't fuss too much about those because they know – they know that it's not perfect, the application itself. And that's because they just use a template and stick on a new title. So that's definitely something to to stay conscious of. Brilliant. That's very useful. Thank you. Great. That's right. So yeah, UBSY worked out uh, on reflection. I had a really good network. So I had people to help me. I researched well. I knew a lot about the company, um, which I could then drop in in my technical interview and in my virtual interview. And I interviewed well. I felt really confident. And I remember coming out thinking... Yeah, I think that went quite well. Um, so a lot of it is confidence. And the more confident you are, the better results you're going to get. And um, that's something you're only going to get from practice. Definitely practice. And then Barclays was very similar, um, except there was one last step. So pretty much exactly the same otherwise, though. So, yeah, finally uh, finishing off the top tips. So I think we'll go. I think that might be... Uh, yeah, so what helped me the most is definitely my network uh, and through that, my resources. So I had a great network um, and the resources I had from that network were pretty good. Uh, I had people that I could help. I mean, I remember the uh, the night before uh, my godfather, who again, uh, is a family part of your network uh, and family you'll find are always willing to help you um, more than anyone. Um he started his career at UBS and it was really interesting just to talk to him. Um, we phoned for about 45 minutes uh, and he gave some of his tips and what he liked about his time at UBS. Um, and that definitely really helped me in the interview. And it really gave me an edge where I could talk about things that something probably only an employee would understand and know about the company. So that was great. Again, I mean, I remember a few nights before um, I, I found on LinkedIn, I went I went onto the, the Radley and Society LinkedIn page. I went people and I searched UBS and I found somebody, he was maybe left a few years ago. Um, he was now at UBS. He just started, thought, oh, this is brilliant because he's obviously just come out of university. He just interviewed. So it's fresh in his mind and he's just been to Radley. I mean, that's the trifecta of brilliant oh, yeah. um so it was brilliant so uh we then had a call later that night uh where he gave me his tips from the interview he told me to give an opinion that's not something i, I would have done otherwise and he said they really want an opinion and that's what they're looking for and it shows confidence in what you're talking about um and that's what obviously i'm passing on and that was probably a huge defining piece of help which i had which otherwise i don't know if my interview would have been that good um and finally enthusiasm and passion obviously showing showing that those those two traits uh are only going to win someone over um and you know we we all we've all had teachers who are less enthusiastic uh and passionate about their subject um probably not at radley but probably elsewhere um and it, it just makes such a big difference when you have somebody teaching you who is completely enthusiastic about their subject and that is very true for the interview as well. That enthusiasm rubs off and shows um, 
it's it's pretty clear when someone is enthusiastic about what they do and what they learn about. And if you can show that in the interview, that's probably one of the most important things they're looking for. Absolutely. So what I wish I did differently, uh, I wish I started earlier. I started six one, six two, that sort of summer. Um, so I didn't have as much time to do work experience. Uh, this I wouldn't recommend, but uh, it took time away from my A-levels. Um, and I, I would not recommend that at all. I would really focus on getting good A-levels because um, they they are important for degree apprenticeships as well as university. So I'd really spend time on those. Um, and if I started earlier, I would have had more time. Uh, they, they wouldn't have had to overlap with each other. Um, so I wish I started in fifth form. And I had that GCSE summer to start doing work experience um, and started researching and learning. And yeah, obviously I still got to where I am, but I could have got elsewhere um, if I did start earlier. And then finally, I uh, I wish I asked more. Uh, the more you ask, uh, the more opinions you're going to get and the more rounder sort of view you're going to get. And that's something you're taught in, well, GCSEs. Um, and that's true for the rest of, well, degree apprenticeships, life, a lot really. Um, so yeah, I, I really wish I asked more. And I suppose the essentials finally are research your company, know who you're applying for, and that shows your enthusiasm, your passion, and that's super important. Know the program. Um, obviously, that's difficult. But if you find out, that really shows a lot of drive. And it shows that, again, you're passionate and enthusiastic um, by reaching out to an apprentice and finding out how they find it, how they applied. Um, that's going to show a lot. And then finally, know the industry. And all those things come back to passion. Uh, and enthusiasm for what you're applying in and if you have those things you are pretty well set up for your applications and interviews and then finally have a network if you have a, a shoulder to lean on um it's going to make it's going to make life much easier for you when you apply uh having second opinions being able to ask questions having someone with that sort of knowledge and market knowledge is only going to help so yeah that's great and you popped these at the end. Are these, yeah, um... uh, uh, these are, so I think one of them is um, all about apprenticeships, the one on the left, and then the one on the right was to, I think, I don't know if it's still working now, uh, maybe it was last year, uh, where to Mrs. Rose's office um, to register your interest so okay. she can touch base with you. Um, I'm not sure if these are still current, um, okay. so, so you might need to check those, but yeah. And we'll do, no, Mrs. Rose is there. Have you got time? I know you've got to get somewhere. So have you got time for a couple of questions or shall we wrap up there? I can, I can do a few um, for maybe five minutes. I think, and quite, go. I think they're quite quick. So the split between work and study, roughly, is it 50-50? It, so, no, so it's 80-20 it's uh, work study. So, okay. uh, and the way they do that is very simple. We have a day a week at home. Uh, normally it's a Wednesday uh, for us. It's different for everybody though. Uh, where we, uh, where we, where we do our university work and that's that's mandated by the government and do they is the um university work mostly online or was it in person taught it's, a, it's almost entirely online mm -hmm. uh we went down for a week we were sent down by ubs for our, sort of our induction um actually at exeter and then when we start a new module uh which is every six seven eight weeks um we have an in-person masterclass at a hall in London, uh, so just down the road for us. So, um, but that's not, but yeah, that's normally for a few hours. But other than that, it's online lectures. 
um normally they're i mean the structure is there in the morning and then we do guided study in the afternoon uh on a wednesday okay last question um are you free to leave after you've completed your apprenticeship or are you bonded to stay with the company for a period oh. of time it's a good question yeah yeah no it is uh, so i can only talk from my experience because I, I know well i know ubs um so i i'm not entirely sure about other places but you are free to leave so it's not like they're gonna keep contractually keep you in um but the thing is because they've spent they've invested in you quite heavily they want to keep you and so they'll do a lot to keep you so in that respect so i i've joined a wealth manager and a sort of a precursor don't go in with this expectation to any company um they'll outline how they do it but um when i finish the program and that then a full-time employee so they're not going to beat me out um i'll continue in the role i am but just taking on more responsibilities to fill that gap which i would have been studying in the past and then they're then gonna basically if you want to move within the bank so i'm in wealth management if i wanted to go to the investment bank or i wanted to go onto the trading floor they'd help me do that so they'd help me make that move um within the bank and a sort of an ethos of ubs is they'd every single time they'd rather hire internally than they would externally um and so that's what i think is really great about this company but i know i know other banks are similar um obviously under other industries i'm not too sure but they're they're keen to keep you because they've invested in you you've made those relationships you've you've learned so much about the company they want to keep you um but if you did want to leave and um, they're not saying that you have to obviously you're pretty well set up you have four years of work experience you're debt free which gives you a lot of freedom from your own perspective um so you, you you can almost afford to take a bit more risk than say something out of university with loads of debt could um you have brilliant industry-wide qualifications which uh anybody else your age will not have because they're all dictated by a certain number of hours working in finance um and you couldn't physically get those if you were actually at university full time so um obviously that that's a pretty big point and you've got four years of work experience uh i mean for me at a really good firm um so you're very much employable wherever you want to go uh so you could then start looking at roles which are quite senior uh, so for example i could at the end, if I wanted to, I could leave and come in at a role above, say, a peer who went to university this year, who would be then be joining as a, a graduate analyst. Um, I could go in and join at, say, the associate level um, or something similar. Uh, so that's definitely a big, big point. Um, and so it puts you further in your career. So you do have more options at a younger age. Brilliant. Oh, well, George, that was absolutely fascinating. Thank no you. A really good insight into, into degree apprenticeships. I know That's the okay. boys will use it a lot. And it's also yeah. going to be really interesting for parents as well, I, I think. Um, so uh, what, we'll probably get in touch with you at the end of your apprenticeship. I'm sure we'll talk yeah, to you about definitely. That and just find out how it uh, all went to get an update on it. But yeah. uh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Sure. Great, no worries. And thanks to everyone who's kind of listening in on this or, uh, you know, uh, when you do watch it. We do have another Beyond Bradley talk this term. So look out for our events newsletter um, for an update on that. And thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. Check our channels for the latest news and events from the Radley and Society.